All right, this week on the podcast, I'm joined by Sean and Aaron Bean. They have a fund in their son who passed away, his name, Thomas Bean. They have the Thomas Bean Fund, and they are fundraising for a camp that they have out in Sebago to get kids outside, get them fishing, get them in the woods, all that sort of stuff. They do a golf tournament. They do other ways of fundraising to do a bunch of good things for people in the community. Just awesome people. And I've had them on the podcast to share their story, talk about ways people can help them out. So I hope people that listen to the podcast take note of that and consider supporting them. So um, it was a really great conversation. Glad we did it. So this is the Randy Forcier podcast. If you do me a favor and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, takes a second. If you can do that, I really appreciate it. Thanks for always listening. Thanks for the support. And here's Sean and Aaron. All right, I'm joined on the podcast today by Sean and Aaron Bean. They started the Thomas Bean Fund a few years back after their son Thomas passed away. And happy to have you guys here to talk about that today. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank Thank you. Yes. Yes. Appreciate it. It's it's been a long time in the works, and I'm glad we made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Too. So I want to talk about the Thomas Bean Fund. Why don't we why don't we just start from the top with the Thomas Bean Fund? You guys started obviously after he passed away a few years ago. Just talk about how that how that all got started. Okay. Sean, do you want me to go? <laughs> There's yeah. two of us. So September twenty seventeen, Thomas died in a car accident and the goodness of their hearts, some friends of ours through Thomas's fishing community. Um, I could tell you a little bit about Thomas. Thomas Please was do. an incredible bass fisherman. Ever since he was a little guy, he always loved, loved, loved fishing and the outdoors and nature. And he became involved in Maine Bass Nation and the Mainly Bass Fishing Clubs and made a name for himself at a very young age um, and became high school state champion. He was on the adult state team as a youth and, you know, a lot of other accolades that he yeah, as a pretty young guy that he, you know, normally those guys don't get till they're much older or never have gotten them. So anyway, so after his accident, Maggie happened to see a bench down in Kennebunk that said he loved to fish the day after the accident. And some friends of ours started a GoFundMe to get the bench made and it kind of exploded. And we were like, whoa, now what do we do? We could help kids. Maybe we can send some kids fishing because when Thomas went to the state championships and the national championships and those kind of things, we were his funding. Mm -hmm. And we thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could help some kids like him and get them? So it kind of started out. Yeah, Yeah. because it was like we got the bench and now we have all this extra money. What do we do? Where is the bench Mm -hmm. located? It's at Wilcox Pond at St. Joseph's Cemetery. That's right. Yeah. Perfect perfect moniker on it as well. So so then you were off and running and you said, well, you obviously want to help the kids out, but we want to fundraise as well. Turn this into something where we're going to raise money for it actively and and turn it into like a thing. Right. So when did you decide to do that? Was it pretty quickly afterwards? It was pretty quick after we had, what was that? We called it a concert that Sean's friend offered to do an event. And they did, he's in a band. And so we went to Massachusetts to the Hunt Country Club and his friends did it for free. We sold tickets and did a silent auction. And all of a sudden it was like this big thing. We were like, oh my gosh, look what mm-hmm. happened here. You know? Right. And then after that, you got the idea for a golf tournament, which has been an annual staple for the past number of years. Yeah. Yep. Sean's friend said, you should do a golf tournament. 
and shots right. that were like, I don't know how to do that. But I had <laughs> friends who worked for the YMCA back in the day, and she knew mm -hmm. how to run a golf tournament. And she's my right-hand woman now, Michelle Sawyer and Jim Sawyer. Yep. And they were like, we'll help you. Mm -hmm. We'll help you do it. Just one of those things where you just like, yeah, we're, we'll figure it out. Let's let's do it. It's a good idea. Right. It's, it's nice to gather people in Thomas's memory. Exactly. It's, from the time that I, I think I've done it every year for most of the years, if not since the beginning, it's always been one of the better run golf tournaments that I've been involved <laughs> in with a ton of volunteers, Thank you, you know, with yep. food, auction items and all that great it's stuff, good. you know? So yeah. you guys have really, have you tried to improve it every year along the way? Yeah. yeah well, absolutely. It, you know, the first year we had paper registration, so there was all these paper, I was like the paper trail and then, the next time we had, you know, a friend of mine, Carrie Edgerton, she yeah. made all of the Google Docs for the registration, the Google Forms, and then that mm -hmm. all populated into a spreadsheet. And mm -hmm. so that made life so much easier. Figured out registration and the flow and how to do, because then I would have to do all the thank you letters because we're so thankful. Mm -hmm. But then I got an idea that, um, wait a minute, what if we took team pictures and we sent them to one hour photo to Walmart and then we could do a letter and a team picture right there. Yeah. Right. That's a great idea. So, I did not realize that. I mean, I have all of those pictures in my office, like yeah. one back to back to back right. to back. It's fun to see because I always play with my brother, Curtis, who is friends with Thomas, yes. my yes. dad. And then mm -hmm. sometimes it's our uncle or I haven't got my other brother, Matt, to play yet, I don't think, but. I never realized that you guys sent those over to one hour photo. I thought you had like the special printer in the back or something. So meanwhile, you're running around with your heads cut off, trying to get those things figured out. We got the volunteers. We're like, okay, right. you're doing on my volunteer list, Walmart yeah. run. Mm -hmm. They go with the pictures, yeah. they come back and then we sort them and give them out when everyone comes back. And that seems yeah. has gone well. And that saved me a lot of, you know, mail to send out and yeah. then I can send out to the major sponsors and the whole sponsors and that kind of thing. Last year, it rained <laughs> unbelievably. <laughs> it did. You know it what, though? Into a wedding reception. <laughs> yes, but it was, that will probably go down as the wettest round of golf I've ever played in my life. And it will be for probably most of the people that were there. The good yep. thing is the rain held off just enough to do our opening ceremony for us to go out into the holes. And we were all out there and we were at the golf course and we bought our 50-50 right. tickets or we bought our yeah. auction item tickets. So I was happy for you guys and for Thomas that everyone is able to get over there. And we played nine holes in the absolute, absolute pouring rain. <laughs> and and I think I saw water running across one of the greens at one point. I was like, I don't know if we should be out here. And then oh. someone was like, all right, it's time to go back in. But right. honestly, I'll, it'll be one of the most memorable tournaments I've ever played at. Oh right. my gosh! It was rivers, oh rivers running down the cart paths. I remember them asking me. They said, "Aaron, you know what do you want to do?" I said, "That's on you." I'm like, "You know what your golf course can handle and yeah. what's good." I said, "I don't want the Thomas being fun golf course to ruin Dutch Elm." Right. <laughs> yeah, sort of it, you know. And they're always gracious, right? Dutch Elm's been a good partner for you guys over the years to host. I imagine. Yes, yes they yeah. have. They've been Absolutely. great. Yeah. Been really helpful. So one way that people can support the Thomas Bean Fund is to be a sponsor of this okay. tournament, right? You guys are always looking for sponsorships, whether it's whole sponsors yes. or I don't know if you do, I forget if there's contest sponsors, sponsors or anything like that. 
we have sponsors. major sponsors. So, mm-hmm. so what happened? So as you know, cause you've golfed in it, this will be our fifth annual because we had to cancel one year because of COVID. That's right. Yeah. So Thomas has been gone for six years now. So this would have been the sixth annual, but mm-hmm. it's the fifth annual. And it's just evolved over the years that last year we sold out mm-hmm. in one day. We had 36 we sold out all the, all the golf teams yeah. registered mm-hmm. in one day. So our hope this year is that if people really want to get in because it's turned into a fun tournament, it's a Mm -hmm. big community event, it's fun, it's, you know, so we're planning on opening registration February 1st for major sponsors, returning major sponsors and anyone who's interested in becoming a major sponsor for the tournament this year. And then March 1st, we'll open up for teams. So then we'll know how many we have left over because last year kind of turned into a panic. Like we didn't have information from all of our major sponsors yet. We didn't want to lose those because, you know. They've been very kind to us. They have been. And the goal obviously is for fundraising for the Thomas Bean Fund. And which we haven't talked about is the Thomas Bean Casting Camp. Yeah. Which is a big goal. Tell me about what that is all about and the vision and what your hopes are for the future for that. So I think after Thomas passed, Sean and I were talking one day and, you know, I was probably having a moment because I have my moments (laughs) and I just said, wouldn't it be cool if we had a camp named after Thomas? Like he we could get kids outside, get them in the woods, get them in the water, get them out. Not in the water, but yeah, on the water. On the water. Right. That's if I was fishing, I would be in the water. But yeah, Yeah. for people that know what they're doing. Okay. Right. Right. So, you know, I said, wouldn't that be cool, Sean? And then Mm -hmm. suddenly this land came about in the town of Sebago on Southeast Pond. Mm -hmm. And so here we are. We have the land and we have the vision of a camp for kids, a day camp, ultimately. And you know, whether that's, you know, kids who, I don't know, we're not like that piece we're working on. Like sometimes I say, would it be great to offer it to like sweets are to have them bring kids and we could have the space or center for grieving Mm -hmm. children. Cause we know what that is to go through loss. And so right now it's a giant undertaking to Mm -hmm. build. And you know, that's what we really have to get a lot of sponsors or maybe a major major sponsor that would want to really partner with us Mm -hmm. and be like, we want to get this camp off the ground. On the camp specifically. So you have, like, is there a number that you have to hit from a fundraising level to be able to start taking that to the next level? Or are we just in the point where we have the land, we're sitting on it and we're just continuing to fundraise? No, yes and no. So fundraising is always an option in the sense Mm -hmm. that nonprofits in general don't function well without donations and in-kind support. Mm-hmm. So presently, I have been the uh, general contractor, the head foreman, and the lead worker. Yep. And so what we've done is, we, so it consists of 22 acres right on a point in the Southeast Pond. I have cleared approximately two acres, two and a half acres. I have area for which I am going to put in a like a 30 by 40 barn if you will mm-hmm. with the first floor is, is kind of empty so we can store boats and equipment and fix them and so forth the second floor is in case there's foul weather on a particular day or an afternoon that shows up we will uh, have a place for them to 
play games or you know watch a movie or, or just be safe for the moments right yeah so those bits are in the work i have electricity's down i have some other bits on that to do the road is in the clearing is made i had the, the gentleman yesterday out there for septic and well designs yeah. about where placement's going so essentially the camp is going to be let's say 20 children show up in the morning you know we'll split them in two groups of 10. what happens is one ten will go into the wood with some leaders and they will go around because again thomas is outdoors everything right and so what happens is they will learn about how to go through the woods right how many people get lost in the woods every year and and don't have an idea of how to get out right mm-hmm. uh, the younger you teach them the better off they'll be as an adult hopefully right and so they'll go they'll look at fauna and so forth and and, and whatever they can there's a, a number of animals we have a number of does we have a number of turkeys and and other four-legged creatures out there yeah. uh, and so they'll, they'll learn or come across that because it we have 22 acres but it abuts 140 acres of, of open yeah. space right now so it's plenty of space yep. yeah yeah so so they'll come back at like 11 let's say talk about it for 15 20 minutes and and see what they like found out what's new and then they'll have lunch and run around till about one o'clock while while those 10 are in the wood we have a series of John boats with an adult in which they will go around the pond. It's a, it's a, a reasonable sized pond. And, and the reason for that is because we want kids to catch fish, right? Yeah. And so it's also connected to three other ponds that cover about a 12 mile by the wow. co-fries. And so what happens is, what I didn't know actually, Thomas and Maggie, our daughter, would go to the next lake up every summer. Yep. And then Thomas would fish it and so forth. And one afternoon, evening, he was uh, testing a, uh, a spinnerbait and how it worked in the water. And so next thing you know, he has a seven and a half pound bass out of nowhere, right? <laughs> type of thing. So, so that pond drops into the next one. And no one else is catching anything. And he's just kind of, you know, just want to shoot how it works, right? Anyway, it's so, funny how good he, like, that's amazing to hear. I'm just, it's, I don't have, any of that. So it's, it's cool to hear that. No, you I did. understand that. <laughs> Sean and I mean, Thomas would be on the same boat and Thomas would win the tournament and Sean wouldn't catch a thing. I'd, I'd be in last place. It's yeah. incredible. You know, oh, he would say, dad, the fish is right there. Can't you see it? Nope. <laughs> he goes, look, he throws his, his lure over there and out comes a two or three pound uh, fish of some sort. So, yeah. So, yeah, so this lake pond, it uh, has a lot of fish. It's not pressurized by any means. There's only six, seven other little houses, camps on the whole 175 acres. So there's a lot of fish as mm-hmm. what, A, the person who owned it before, the people next door, when we're speaking with them. So the, the other 10 kids were going on a John boat, about five or six John boats. And what they'll yeah. do is they'll, they'll, you know, again, it's small enough to hope to catch a fish identify the fish in terms of the species and so forth like that, and then take a weight, a length measurement. And then what we'd like to do is tag it with one of our Thomas Bean Kids Casting Camp tags so that if someone down the road, again, it's connected to three other ponds that are, go about 12 miles up into Richmond. So, yeah. so again, they'll come back at the end of the like 11, 1130-ish and talk about what they've caught, how they caught it, where they caught it and so forth. And then go have lunch and run around. And then in the afternoon at one o'clock, they'll switch. And then yeah. about three o'clock, they'll come back and go somewhere like that. Yeah. But what, what all that does, it allows us to keep data 
on what goes on there and what we see. So we also have a relationship with the IFW in terms of you know fish data. I've uh, run a similar thing in my graduate degrees to get kids out of the city if, in this instance and go up there. So there's a lot of data, a lot of science, a lot of education. It's not, so it's not just, oh, uh, I'm going fishing or I'm going get a walk in the wood type of thing. So there's a lot of uh, other things for which we have planned. Again, some of it still needs a little uh, ironing out, but essentially mm -hmm. that's that's the concept of the camp. And, you know, it, it's I've run into a few people up and down the road and talked about it and they go, oh, I have, I have a group of kids we can take or so forth. We, with the Bass Nation, we also go to Camp Sunshine. We take disabled veterans. We take, you know, a little Special Olympics. We, we, we take a lot of other groups out fishing along the summer hour, uh, months. And so this is an extension of that. Yeah. So do you see it as like a week-long camp for for the people that you have? I mean, because you could do like a Sweetser Week or Center for Grieving Children sure. Week. You're just like, is mm -hmm. that what you what you see it as? Or is it more of like a day-by-day -day thing or, or a full it's summer? A, it's a day camp, for well, one, like, right? Yeah. Well, we don't want to house individuals overnight. Yeah. Uh, that question is really good because in talking with some other colleagues of mine around, you know, okay, if I came on Monday, what are we going to do? If I came on Tuesday, is there something different Thursday and, and so forth, right? So yeah, there, there, there can be that again, that, uh, that part of it is, um, not vague, but not ironed out. Yeah. Still sorting that part out. I mean, it sounds yeah, like you're making good progress, but there's still some yes. things to do, you know? So what would your hope be in terms of a time frame? Are you like, you know, in three years time, we'd like to have what you just described up and running. Is it longer than that? Sure. I have no clue how that piece works. Is there a goal in mind for that? Sure, there is. Right now, some of the infrastructure needs to be completed. Like again, again, looking for donations and support to to purchase that barn so we can set that up. Right? There's you know concrete work, so in kind donations are also helpful for that. There's a lot of excavation work still that has to go on, but what we already had kids up there already that Aaron oh, can cool. talk to. Yep, Thornton Academy anglers came up for a day. Oh, cool. Yep, this fall, they it was one of their first outings, so they came up and we fed them donuts and juice and things, and they, you know, went out and caught all kinds of fish and loved it because they were the only ones out on the water. Yeah. Right. No So you'll person. be able to continue to do those things as you build up to the long-term vision and, exactly. and hopefully able to get other groups out there too. You That's know? the hope and prayer because it's there and we want to offer it to children and to groups and for people to just come and enjoy it. And... Were you guys lucky to get that land? Like 22 acres on a point and a pond in Sebago, it seems like a best case scenario for what you guys are looking to do. Was it something it, where you just started the market and jumped on it or how'd that all no, play out? It's, what do you, so, so I was looking, when again, Aaron and I first started chatting about it, and I was looking within 90 miles because my work takes me across the country during the week. And yep. I, I, I don't know how I could do that and also drive four hours somewhere. To, mm -hmm. to do this right and then how do you get the children there right or, or the groups there right that's that's mm -hmm. difficult so again it comes back to the fishing community uh, a, a gentleman for which i and thomas fished with and thomas did better than he did strangely <laughs> enough uh said hey i work for a person who has or does that type of work in a sense that they're a land developers mm -hmm. and so they bought this land in uh 2000 They've been sitting on it. The person owns pretty much half one side of the lake. 
And so I talked to him a couple of times around it and we leased it for a couple of years before we purchased it and have been doing, again, incremental work on it as time, money, and health provides. I like to say divine okay. intervention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That it Thomas, sounds like it. That Thomas was like, hey, look mm -hmm. what I've got in yeah. 45 minutes from Better Friend. Yes. The whole idea of the camp is a, sounds like a great way to honor him but also help a lot of other kids. And just, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a great vision that you guys have for it. And I think it's probably perfect given what I know about Thomas. So what are some of the other things that you're doing to fundraise for it? Are there other fundraisers as well, or just the golf tournament or just. The golf tournaments are a big one every so mm -hmm. often. I mean, they used to be like giving Tuesday, mm -hmm. you know, right. around like Thanksgiving time and things like that. So we may bring that up again, yep. but aside yeah. from the camp, we also give to Biddeford High School. We yep. donate to the sports teams. We donate to, like right now, we're going to be probably giving a donation to, because they're putting together boxes of food. And they can only Thanks, do Stephen. so many families. And Sean and I are like, well, if we give you some more money, you can do more families. Yeah. You right. know, um, we've given to veterans at Christmas time. We buy things for the homeless and give them. So it's like we're the camp, but then we see so many needs in our own community right here that like, we just want to keep giving back. Mm -hmm. And I think when you lose a child, it's like no other loss that any, you know, you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't mm -hmm. like to compare loss and grief, but child loss is just, like, just devastating. Yeah. And right. so I read a book by an author named David Kessler and he had worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Okay. who did this, you know, the five stages of grief. And he wrote a book called Finding Meaning because he was a grief counselor and he used to counsel people in loss and everything. And then he lost his own child. Oh, wow. And he said he wanted to go back and apologize to every parent that he, that he ever counseled and worked with and apologize and say, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know. So in his book, he talks about something called co-destiny and it's kind of like a finding meaning and a purpose in your loss and doing something for, for that person and for you. And it's a healing. And so we just happened to, you know, the Thomas being fun grew and the, you know, I mean, it could just be planting a tree. It could be whatever. So for us, we just feel like this community after losing Thomas was like nothing I've ever seen in my life and family, friends, people from out of state, you know, were like, I cannot believe what Biddeford did for your family in no. the fishing community. And I mean, they even right. still just this fall had the Thomas Bean, you know, Memorial field hockey game. That's right. That's right. Field hockey. And so that was a fundraiser mm -hmm. and they're still giving back. And like this community still shows up for us. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. that's what, you know, we're forever changed. But we'll, you know, we wouldn't want to be the same. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't want to have not had Thomas. Yeah. And not, but if we can do something to help and give back to the people that have given so much to us, we feel like it's mm -hmm. like the least we can do. Right. We're, we're from away. So it's even... Mm -hmm more amazing. You know, it was over 1100 people at his wake, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Again, from, from all up down the state, other states in uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and so forth. 
It, it was truly amazing. The, the folks at the funeral home were just amazed. They, they didn't know what to do because yeah. people waited three hours in line to come in. He's obviously touched a lot of people's lives and continues to through the fun and the camp and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What's the best way that people can contribute to the fund or help out? You know, like direct them to the website? Is there What can they do to support the cause that you guys are working hard on? So we have a website, thomasbn.org, that we have to update a few things because I'm yes. exactly like the tech lady. Um, Are you the website manager as well? <laughs> do you, uh, do you do sometimes. <laughs> well, Sean likes to say that the golf tournament runs itself, right. but Sean. <laughs> well, it's automated now. Maybe not runs there's, itself. There's a human behind the golf tournament yeah, right, right here. So thomasbean.org. And yeah. do we have, I think we have a... We have a PayPal donation PayPal button, donation button yeah. on the page. Uh, but there's Venmo and you know other venues that have creeped into our own ultra, right? Our yep. own. And that is also our Facebook page for Thomas BN Fund. And that has uh, links as well, Instagram. And so you can follow us and you can donate to us. You can come help mm, mm -hmm. up at the camp. Get those bits and pieces organized, right? <laughs> Even after the COVID has sort of settled down, the pandemic, you know, there's a lot of logistics things that still have problems uh, getting in a reasonable time. So, for instance, I'm I'm looking for a meter socket that is 54 weeks back ordered. So, really? yeah, so that's going to take a little bit of time to find one that will yeah. suit our purpose and so on. But, anyways, yeah, there's, so there's lots of bits and pieces to do. And we're still working on it. We're, we've got a, we're in the process of organizing a, a boat ramp in our location, which is challenging at some points, but we're, we're getting closer each day in terms of permitting and uh, doing the work and things like that. So yeah, there's, there's lots of things to do and places to go. I'll make sure that I share that info as well. Thank you. Watch our social media because the golf <laughs> tournament registration. Uh, yes. yes. People wanted to sign up last year. They're like, Let, hold my spot. I want it now. It's never no. too early to start spreading the word on it. And I can at least share those dates that you said too. Yeah, February 1st and March. It's February 22nd? June no, 22nd is the, the tournament. Is the tournament. Right. February. And February 1st is the sponsors. March 1st is the team sign up. Yep. Yeah. I'll make February sure. February 1st will be major sponsors. Major sponsors. They get a team with their major sponsorship. Yeah. Right. So okay. sometimes that's easier to go that route than then wait for March 1st because when they're gone, they're gone, so to yeah. speak, yeah. in terms of team placement. So we'll share that. So before Thank I let you guys go, what's the what's the thing about Thomas that you want to just make sure you keep alive about him? Uh, <laughs> I think it's his memory first, yeah. right? Remember that he was part of, as you mentioned, Curtis and Max and Mitchell and, you, you know, there's, there's so many of them to name, his friends. That group was, uh, was pretty, has done pretty amazing things since he's passed. And he, you know, gave of himself for others as well. He would always teach the younger kids how to fish, how to explore in the woods, what to, you know, it's, it's tough to keep being seen. His love yeah. of nature and the outdoors. Thomas was never happier than when he was out fishing yeah. or out just out in the woods. Yeah. Never happier. Love it. So I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come on the podcast and talk about that. Definitely want to spread the word on everything that you guys are doing and the ways that people can help out to the cause. So again, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Thank, thank you, you for taking the time to chat with us. Absolutely. It's always great to speak with you.
All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Talk soon. All right. Have a great day. Okay.